1: Welcome to The Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, for the next four hours, I'm going to be your host and your guide as together we come together to this place that I call The zone a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, and The Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on The Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Satellite broadcast network, satellite, digital satellite, and broadcast network, and of course, our good friends on iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at TV.com on all social media sites, Radio TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is... Jim Jones, he is the founder and chief investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland. Their website is P-R-I-S-M no, PRISMD.net. Jim is a 22-year Maryland law enforcement officer and brings the training and knowledge of investigations together with the paranormal as referred to as deductive reasoning. Researching the paranormal since 1978, Jim is a historian as well. Both Jim and Prism um, members have worked in historical locations preservation, such as Baltimore Museum of Industry in Baltimore, Maryland, and Historic Fort Milfin in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Jim also produces videos for YouTube called "The Cemetery Chronicles" for cemetery documentation and perseveren- uh, preservation, and "Explore Quest America," among others, to uh, bring awareness to um, you know what we're. What we're seeing more and more of, as preservation of history. Joining me now from Maryland is Jim Jones, and Jim, welcome to the X Zone.
2: Well, thanks for having me on, sir. Pleasure to speak with you,
1: Jim. How did you? What was it that that got you to start investigating the paranormal?
2: Well, I had several experiences when I was a child. Um, For one thing, back in Back in the, the mid seventies, I was hunting with my father deer hunting down Maryland's Eastern Shore, which is God's little secret acre. It's in in, uh, in the United States here, mm-hmm. um, one of the most beautiful places on on the earth, as far as I'm concerned. Um, we went down. We were we were doing some deer hunting, and we were in an area where it's a high water table. It's basically marshland. It's all down through the lower Eastern Shore, going towards the Atlantic, and. um So we were there for evening hunting, and we couldn't use deer stamps because it was all timber country down there. So a lot of these pines, you you couldn't drive nails into such and and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we were working um, uh, two trails where they intersected, and it overlooked a graveyard where it was former slaves that was buried there. And you could see the the mounds where it it was basically uh, crushed rock and things like that to to keep everything uh, contained and um, this is probably about about three thirty in the afternoon. Uh, it was an overcast day. I'll never forget it. Um, we had problems with poachers in the area, and um, so my father basically had a salty tongue. He he didn't particularly care for anybody trying to cut in on his his cut as far as trying to put food on the table for the family. Right. So he was he was looking down one trail. I was I was on a corner looking at the other, and he had our backs up against this one tree. And out of the corner of my eye, it, it looked like the ray of sunshine coming through the woods, mm-hmm. and it looked like there was a mist that formed up. And all of a sudden, from behind one of these trees, it was a stutter step of this of an individual that was in period clothing, and it was kind of it was odd. And I turned around and I looked at it right straight on with uh, with full vision. And here, the only thing I saw was from the knees up was was a man that was had a three quarter stovepipe hat. Uh you look like a Kentucky Colonel it had the, the bowl hat type of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like like a grayish weight. It was translucent. And it it kept moving in a stutter step and then it, it stopped. And I kept telling my father, you know, they were within twenty yards from us, you know, there's this man He's in the woods. There was a there's a looks like a poacher. I see he, he's he's all in white. He's, Where where is it? you know, so and so um but it was that th- he couldn't see him. I said, I'm looking right at him. Well with that in the meantime, it turned its head and when it did, there was no whites to the eyes, it was all black. And of <laughs> course you're of, you you know really, you're pinching yourself I actually punched myself in, in the in the in the thigh. Yeah, you know, thinking am I asleep or what what's going on? And my father says, You still see him? And I said, He's looking right at me. So with that it turned its head and a stutter step behind this one large pine tree that was in front of us. The mist dissipated and the lights went out. they come through the woods. And um, so as, it was a couple days later where we were, we were breaking down a camp and, hit, and and we were heading back to Baltimore. And um, we had spoke to one of the farmers down there and said that I mentioned about this. And it was, it was a previous owner who actually was... Who um accidentally shot himself while hunting out there in this in this this section of woods and he's been seen going up and down there after like in the same place that he was buried in so to go back you know this is this happened back in the mid seventies and then moving forward and also living in um um where my grandmother lived here I live in Catonsville, Maryland which is uh, about seven miles, just outside of of, uh, of Baltimore. Right. And um, so the the most famous people we have here is a guy who I graduated high school with. And he goes by the name of John Christ. He was um, for Glen. He was the lead guitarist for Glenn Danzig and Danzig. And his real name is John Knoll. And also we had John Wilkes Booth, who was a Lincoln uh, assassin. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, where he went to school is just right across the street from where I live. Holy cow! And um, oh yeah. So. The, the center section of my grandmother's house was, uh, was uh, built in the 1700s by a man of, 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 who, who was named uh, Richard Caton. His, he was a founder of Catonsville, and his wife was Mary Carol Caton. Now, Charles Terrell was, was one of the signers of, of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution from the state of Maryland, and this was all part of his farmland, and he bequeathed that to his, his um, daughter, and that's what they built. And, and the original center section of the house was a carriage house that, that was uh, built by Richard Caton. And um, so um, my grandmother had sent me upstairs because the house was kind of juxtaposed. It was added on to. And there was two dormers up up in the attic. And she wanted me to close those doors so that we could close off the one stairwell to try to, you know, keep heat in the house since it, since it really didn't have central HVAC. So I went up in the afternoon, and my plan was, I had had feelings before, was to go to the furthest door first, close that, and go to the one closest to the stairs, and then downstairs as quick as I could I could go. So I went to the first dormer, closed the door, and I come to, to the second one, I'm get, reaching, getting a mm-hmm. hold of the doorknob. Well, this one window that was just across from the doorway, there was something blocking it. I get ready to close the door, and there was a shadow figure was there, and then she moved to the side, and that's when I grabbed grab hold of the door, and I'm 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 literally leaping from landing to landing, and got down to the um um down where my grandma was, and she looked at me and like what's wrong, and I said there's something up there. something up there. Oh, you've seen it, and when it, when it was both my grandparents actually died in that house, and both my father and I had found both of them in there, so. Yeah, that's that's my that's how I got got into the paranormal kind of thing like that, and also with uh, several experiences down at that point. Looked at Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, down in southern Maryland, and uh, I volunteered down there at the uh, at the lighthouse as part of security.
1: Now, when did you start the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland, and why?
2: Well, I started I, I, the original group that I have is called called the. Called the um, Kingsville Society for Paranormal Research and we, it was based on all the friends and all we got together we we were we were fans of the old Goober and the Goose Chasers <laughs> cartoon show and uh, we had plenty of old buildings around Catonville and also there's a town over in Ellic- it's called Ellicott City which is over in the next county over and there's a town between us and Ellicott City which is called Elkchester and there was a lot of ruins there from, from when the mill town was running there and they're still there today and uh we would go in, in and take pictures with the little 126 cameras or the 110s, and right. we would go back to the flea markets and get the 110, or I mean, get the uh, um, get real, real tape recorders. We we heard about the original, you know, ghost voices and things like that. We've always read about, and um, that's what we got started with. And then as time went on, um, we all kind of went our separate ways. And then it was shortly after my father had passed in in uh, March of 2004 is when we. I finally reformed the group, and I had different members who came from all over different parts of Maryland, and we came together, and that's how we, we started off was in March of, two, of 2004.
1: How many members well, are there uh, presently in your group?
2: Right now, we with our core group that we have, we have eight core members, mm-hmm. and plus we have uh, other members that are tertiary, which we reach out to, who have uh, who are part of other groups, and we we network with other teams within the area or within the area where we do our investigations.
1: How many investigations have you done so far in 2017?
2: In 2017, we've done four so far. Um, it's been, um, but mostly with with um, um, folks local around the mm-hmm. Rams- Baltimore area, uh, trying to resolve some issues that they've had with their. What's going on with with their homes? Um, there's been other things where we have uh, we have members on the team who, who are electricians, uh, work in HVAC, uh, plumbing. Um, we also have others that are environmental um, science majors. Um, we go in and we try to find out what the, what's the root cause, and sure. especially being in areas where I've been a lot of the the um, um, where in the industry has. Include the areas. You know, it's kind of one of the factors you try to roll out.
1: All right, and Jim. Try to bring
2: a conclusion
1: to Jim, please stand by. You and I have to take a break. Exonation. Jim Jones is our special guest, and he is the founder and chief investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland, and their website is www.prismd.net. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue hearing the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We
0: on my pillow in the morning Lazy day in bed Music in my head Crazy music playing in the morning
1: Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi you can still listen to the x radio show with Rob McConnell The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka X-Minus One Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
0: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media,
1: In a young girl's heart How the music can free her Whenever it starts And it's magic If the music is groovy It makes you feel happy Like an old time movie I'll tell you about the magic and the freedom Welcome back, everyone. Jim Jones is our special guest. His website is www.prismd.net, and he is the founder and chief investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland. Jim, uh, up to date, which of the investigations that you and your group has done has been the most compelling, with the most action, the most evidence? And tell us about it.
2: There was one that that stands out in our mind. It was uh, it was probably I say about four years ago. Um, that we were we do speaking engagements at at different um, paranormal clubs and 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 gatherings, right And there was one locally that uh, we attended uh, that um, that we spoke spoke before, and there was a lady who showed up and she was looking for for investigators to come in and investigate her her residence that she um, wanted to prove it, that she, she wasn't crazy. And a lot of other people thought that she was showboating, was looking to try to get it on television and, and everything else. And um, so we sat down and we, we talked with her, and then we went and did a preliminary interview. And when we go out there, we, we take uh, basically our, um, our tech director, assistant tech director, um, and we have the, um, a case manager myself, and, and two other investigators. And we do base readings, we go through, and we, we separate all everyone that lives within the residence, and we interview them just like we would do in law enforcement. You want to separate the wheat from the chest is basically what you're trying to do. And um, so this one, it was where her husband had died uh, about less than a year before, mm-hmm. and um, she thought that he was trying to contact her. And she was also being contacted by angels, she says. And they would show her light, um, uh, like a light pattern of outline of the United States, and half of it was underwater, half of it was on fire, and we sh- and give her like premonitions of, of things to come. And she was keeping a diary, and she was wanting to know if, if that was out of the ordinary. And this is something that we, of all the years I've been doing this, you see, you've seen things, you've always seen something, but this is, it's something new to us. So we, we, uh, we did the preliminary and, um, she, she explained everything that was going on. And then she says, I could take your camera right now. And this is where my husband died, which was right there in the living room in a massive heart attack. In his, um, the, the first letter of his first name and the first letter of his last name, why she appear? on the floor in a lay pattern. And I saw that she had photographs and it all looked like, it was all, it like, to me, it was all, could have been, could have been done with a laser pointer. I don't know. I'm basically an open bit skeptic at this point. So let me use your camera. I had a little point and shoot and I, I mm-hmm. gave it to him. And right underneath my feet and it says, there you go. And it had the first and last initials. On the floor in the light pattern. My jaw dropped. What else can I say? It, I mean, how could this work out? How, how, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And I said, do it over and over again. And every photograph, it had the same type of light pattern. So we went back and we, we set up an investigation, which covered that house, the grounds, the cousin's house next door, and the cousin's house across the street. So we, we had to get um, uh, our tertiary members to come in and help out. We, we covered a lot of ground for about a five hour investigation, so we set the camera uh within the living room, looking at the area where uh where the husband had had passed away, and there was an entrance way comes from the front door, so you couldn't we put the camera on a tripod which you you would have to walk in front of. you couldn't walk behind it mm mm-hmm. And then we covered everything with uh, weave stuff, fabric, which blocks out all the light from the outside the sources and also over the TV and also the brass accouterments that was over the um, the fireplace. This one, um, my jaw drops it. Uh, shortly after we did start the investigation, probably about 45 minutes into it, a shadow figure appeared from where he would have passed away and was found on the floor materialized, walked across, and dematerialized in front of the camera. Twenty minutes later, a partial apparition came towards the camera. It had materialized and then dematerialized in front of the camera. So, we collected a lot of these different things, and then at the end of the night, we have have a group EVP session where we only have one person asking, asking the questions, and everyone's accounted for. And out of that, the EDP that, that started off before we even started Afghanistan is a, a grouchy old lady saying, "I'm laying down," which is <laughs> kind of comical to listen to it. But <laughs> as things went on, it, it was it was quite interesting. So we went through, and there was there was a few other things that was inaudible as far as not as clear as that class A EDP. With that, before we started the session, we had the recorders going. Um, we turned everything over, and we went down, and we, and we presented the after after compiled all the data and then presented the evidence before the the uh the client and it was proven that you know she she was happy she was thrilled that she overjoyed that and now that you know she's 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 happy now that the, everyone now is saying that, that she was crazy, I know I'm not crazy I said, "No, ma'am, you're not because the history goes back i mean there's a lot of history with that area, and um you have everything. The sad fact of it was we were at uh, Phenomenology, which was a paranormal conference in Gettysburg that was thrown by uh, uh, Dana and Chris Wingard of uh, Northeastern Paranormal Investigations. Um, we were up there, and there was a, one of the investigators that was part of this group that we spoke in front of. Mm-hmm. And then we got talking, and they said, well, um, um, did you hear about Miss Stevens? I will say the last name. The
1: sure, I, I appreciate name, that.
2: Part. Yeah. yeah, And um, and uh, so no. And she says, did you know she passed away? When? She passed away a month after we turned the evidence over to her. Oh, my Lord. So she probably was probably, there was the angels that was trying to warn her and try to warn others. Of, of, if we don't correct the mistakes, mm-hmm. that this, this could happen to the world. And also, that I think that that her husband was waiting for, and, and and both of them were, were now being at peace. I mean, it's it's kind of a heartbreaking story. I mean, that's probably one of the most gut wrenching investigations that we did, and other than the one we did for the uh, the TV show, but um, that is really one of the most heart wrenching ones out there. I mean, at least now, I hope that she's at peace right now.
1: Can you share with us the other investigation that you did for the TV show? Because now you've got my interest up.
2: <laughs> well my team and I were we were on an episode of the haunted yes and it's, it's um the episode is called stalked by a vampire this came out in, in May of 2011 It was filmed in in
1: 2010
2: mm-hmm. uh, shortly before Christmas and um the you we we had uh on the episode we had Carl Johnson and Rosemary Ellen Giley who hated us um the investigation started. Out, it was in a town called Broadneck, which is outside of Annapolis, which is our state capital. And then there's the Naval Academy. If anyone wants to know that, the United States Naval Academy is based on Annapolis. Oh, sure. Uh, yep. And then uh, so um, the, the the client actually contacted us. She actually graduated with my wife's uh, brother two years after she did. And there we were in, involved in, in things, and centered around her two daughters and said so that, that they they would see things that they were being touched there was different things that was going on, so we went down for the preliminary interview, went through the uh, we did the base ratings mm-hmm. and then we set up for an investigation. when we did the first investigation, that was when um I'm sitting at, at command central um watching watching all the investigators going through each lo- different parts of the house. And I'm looking over and I see the cat looking at this, at this wall. It's just, it's a split for And there's a boat of at, on the, on this, on this wall. And you can watch the cat turn his head and hears this candle moving by itself. Slowly. You can see it slide down. Uh, there was no, it's a, it's a in a dead end of a cul-de-sac. Um, there's no trucks going up and down the area, things like that. So one of the cameras goes out, and I, and I jump up. And I'm, so I I call that over the, over the walkie talkies that, that um, put a halt on the investigation until we get this this um, this problem sorted out. And as I go after my, my truck, um, I get to the top of the stairs, and it felt like something had taken both the their, their palms and hit me right on my shoulder blades. Well, it tossed me down the staircase. I smacked into the wall, almost went out the front door. Now, I'm, I'm built like a, like a Coca Cola machine. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, was, I was a former linebacker in high school. I'm, and I, I take doors down for a living when I need to. And uh, I literally went through the wall of this house. My and um, so when I got down there, and I turned around and I brought the flashlight, nothing was there. Um, I called everybody up when they, I pulled my shirt. Here's two large, uh, red marks right on my shoulder blades. Um, so that was the first investigation. We did a total of four investigations there, two house blessings and a full house exorcism. And still things didn't, didn't work out right. Um, uh, we leave for a couple days and call back and things got worse. So to make a long story short. Um, they had animals within the house and we were contacted by producers who used to work for Parallel State. They were doing the show for for Discovery Channel um, for Animal Planet Mm -hmm. and it had to do with cases and they could bring in people which we couldn't afford to bring in. Sure. So so what happened was that um, they wanted us to to determine overall what we had. We had over 120 hours of, of video and you're sitting there, you know, I mean you know three hours per camera each time you're trying to do things, mm-hmm. and besides that we had to go back and do two more investigations to do additional footage uh all the all of our recordings, everything we had to go through so eventually what what it was that they were sitting around as a an energy vampire now this came out around the same time as the last Twilight movies, so they played off all that, but this is actually a gin case and um it's centered around basically the the, the client. Um, so while we were um, while we went was, was down there for the um, he, they come in for the for an entire week when they do the filming on a lot of these TV shows. And the one that uh, how they did this was Tuesday. Uh, we did the, 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 the uh, did the uh, experiment where we put my wife in the in the circle. Uh, with the with the, with the candles and the salt. All right, and we're we're,
1: this, we're gonna have to right have here. a little bit of a cliffhanger here, my friend. Please stand by. Exonation. Jim okay. Jones is our very special guest. Two compelling stories. Jim is the founder and chief investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland. Their website is www.prismd.com. And Jim and I will be back on the other side of this break. And for all the information about the X Zone Broadcast Network and our affiliates, if you'd like to have a show, visit www.xzbn.net. Jones is telling us about a very haunting story. And uh, Jim is the chief investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland. Their website is own Nation. And uh, first of all, Jim, thanks very much for joining with us. And these are very compelling uh, stories you're telling us.
2: I appreciate uh, you having me on here. Um, yeah, what we did was with this investigation that was down broadneck, mm-hmm. the, uh, they were using my wife as bait, re-saddler. And, um, so when this came out, and, and as we have a, I have a, 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 um, a sensor in there, in the circle with her, and I was at a remote, had a remote station along with me, and I'm sitting on the floor to make sure that nothing, you know, nothing goes out of the ordinary. And, um, all of a sudden, the client screams out that she's being, it's, it's, she feels burning on her. Well, she runs to the bathroom, and of course, Carl Johnson runs back, and and, the, and the, all the producers run back with their cameras, and she had the three scratches going down the back, down her back, And it, which appeared before the camera right there and right after just that quick. So, um, the they closed the ceremony with this circle, and and then we broke off, and then on Thursday we went back and we did like a recreation, like we put in front of the house, and then you have to go through there's just a lot of the they have to do a lot of throwing material for these shows mm-hmm. so they do different camera angles and things like that and then on saturday which is the final day they have rented out the entire second floor of this hotel and they use one room as as the studio so you sit in front of this camera and you're asked these questions and you go to different do different things and then uh, they use that in the show when you when they have the black screen behind you and that and i told them about what when i got pushed down the stairs and things like that but we actually had, um, it, it never ended happily. I mean, they say it did in the, in the show, but it really didn't. Um, after, uh, after that happened, um, the family had basically broken up. Um, and that last month, the, the client um, had suddenly passed away, which is a sad ending of, of something that was, that was tormenting them. I mean, the, the fact that we, had, uh, we actually had an Anglican priest that was with us uh, to the do the, the, the house exorcism and the house blessing, yeah, and he was overcome. I mean, it, this thing was not good. I mean, a lot of our different members were actually actually had things happen to them, and um, we had it back off for a while. But there has been some dangers that have been involved in the, with, with some of these investigations.
1: Was the source of this uh, negative entity or this demonic entity ever 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 made? Like during the exorcism, uh, it's my understanding that. In order to have a successful uh, exorcism, the identification of the of the demon or the spirit has to be divulged. Uh, was this ever done in this case?
2: And not in this case. We we were going through and and trying to, to, to we actually went through and there was a, a renter that they had in the in the in the basement, mm-hmm. and um, we found a satanic uh, ceremonial destruction knife. And when she came back after we had cleansed the property, we, we salted the property. She even knew that we, she wasn't there when we, when we did the, the cleansing part, of it. but she's like, who salted everything? And you couldn't see the ley lines, what we were doing. And, um, it was just bizarre how, how all that worked out. But once the, once she was out of the house, because they, they basically told her she had to pack up and leave. And they found, them, we found them in the knife. um, it was a whole different ballgame after that, and it just it just progressively got worse after that. It's more almost like it was just throwing this more and more um, bad mojo towards these folks. And um, but we tried to bring in people like Bill Bean, who's a good friend of mine, and to do to, do the house blessing. And when that didn't work, then we had to bring in the Anglican priest who who'd done um, house ha- house blessings before and house exorcisms. And he was he was physically drained. It looked like he just had had just jumped into the Severn river at this point by the time everything was done. And, uh, but that's when a lot of us who were, who were down there, um, before we started that, that that house blessing, we actually had a loud growl that didn't come out of a three pound chihuahua. This thing was right there as we were going down the same stairs where I was pushed. And, uh, but something was in there and, um, but the, but the all telltale signs was, was more of a jinn of a case than anything else.
1: All right, what is a jinn case?
2: Well, the jinn, which is B J I it is a... And, and, um, in the Islamic war, when God created heaven and earth, mm-hmm. he created angels and jinn. Jinn can walk amongst us. They, they've actually interbred with, according to lore, that they've interbred with with humans. But when, uh, when God had, had, um, had created humans, he wanted the angels and jinn to serve mankind. The angels agreed to it, but the jinn did not. They thought they were far superior than humans. and Iblis, who was, the, who was basically the, the, the head of the jinn mm-hmm. had disagreed with God and, and God banished into a parallel universe. But in times of, in times they can, they can test mankind. Because in times of imminent peril and danger, who do you turn to? You turn to God, and that's uh, basically is, is seen as tricksters, or if you ever heard genie in a bottle, that's mm-hmm. basically where what gin is.
1: So, how much does a person's uh, religious philosophy beliefs have play into the realm of the paranormal?
2: Uh, for, for in certain instances, I mean, um, the one, especially in one instance, we, which we did in, of a. Uh, of a house down in central Maryland, mm-hmm. which was which was they were they were Islamic and went in and everything was covered in mirrors they had they said it was a holy Quran that they had, but actually um our one of our members had deciphered and it was actually a book on how to control how to summon and control Jinn. and they kept and, and with these with the e v p s that they had captured at the time and different things. I mean, there are people who really go into the whole aspect. I mean you have through Islamic war with the Jinn, mm-hmm. uh, you might have the the demonic side the with, with, with through Christianity. Um, then you have other ones where um, through other religions, you know, it's it it does it does cross paths quite a bit. But what and happens if a person
1: what happens if a person is an atheist doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in religion, doesn't believe in the paranormal do they right. ever suffer at the hands of the unknown?
2: Some of them have i mean we actually had one case where he was a stone cold atheist
1: mm-hmm.
2: matter of fact, he used to work with me, and he he was saying about different things that um his car wouldn't start when, like, when his car wouldn't start. Um, he had mail that would come missing. He had things that he knew he, he was very meticulous about where he would put his car keys or, or do different things and, and living alone in an apartment. And, you, and so you point this out and it's it's more like, well, what am I supposed to believe in now? The whole thing that, about science and how all all this is pointing out. I said, so, well, narrow down the possibilities. Okay, it's not environmental because... You, you know, it, it nothing covered up in a, in a mist or, or some type of, or like like five inches of snow over top of your car keys on a table, uh, or the table didn't swallow it up. Um, there's also look at the at the way with the, with the cars running. I mean, you, you keep it on a road and you're you're, you're meticulous about how you, how you care for that. But you, you go out there um, after blowing off the you go out there and you start and within the next 10 minutes, you're able to get the car started. Different things happen. Um, and then with the shadow figures, uh, when, when we started, when we actually got one photograph, which a shadow figure did appear in a doorway. And it was like, okay, now he was saying, well, that's trickery that you, you could do with a camera. When I cut a camera, you can, you can, uh, you can, um, make things happen with it. I said, well, you know, my, my background photography. And, and for one thing, I can put it through filters. I can show you the, the original. And I can actually point this out and I'll show you that this is not manipulated. And when you look through and you, and you show this to somebody, mm-hmm. it, it it puts him in until where he's more agnostic, but he's not rolling anything out now. He's not this hardcore atheist as he once was. But once you break it down to something simple, whether you can try to um, uh, prove to them that, that this is the of possibility, even though, like I told, like I told everybody, I'm an open-minded skeptic. I mean, I don't take everything just for face value, I, I separate the wheat from the chaff, and that's the way I try to bring it to all the investigations that we have.
1: What do your fellow police officers uh, think of you being a paranormal investigator as well as a hardcore cop that's uh, built like a Coke machine?
2: <laughs> well, I've been calling everything from Ghost Man to a ghostbuster. Um, I mean, you get the, you get some ribbing in that, sure. but also, believe it or not, they are... Um, there's quite a number of police and fire and EMS personnel that are into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of our tertiary members who's in the, in the, uh, in a sheriff's office in the next county over from where I live. And we, we worked together before on different cases. Uh, we have, I have retired police officers on, the, on my team. Um, so we kind of run it as a, almost like an extension because we, we, we've all had different, different, uh, training to, uh, you know, everything when we hit when you have to a report and you're you're up all hours of the night, you're having all these different different shifts you have to work and you you, you always try to go with your good instinct on a yeah. lot of things. Um, and then you intertwine it with people who who are um, you know in, that, that work in, in the in electronics or who are physicists and, and, and you have different people from all different backgrounds. And it, it's a good meld that way. You get to it, it it covers a lot of things. But you know, the the main calling, I mean, it's that's all kidding. I mean, we all rib one another, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's different things, but you know, hey, it's uh, but all of a sudden you know they're like, more, hey, can I have your autograph? I mean I'm a nobody. I've I just do it to try to help other people out. I mean, I've been through a lot of different things and I just want, want to wanna help people, it's been been my calling. So I try to get my purchase that way.
1: With with all the different groups out there today, I, uh, a staggering uh, statistic was sent to me by a reporter in the uh, uh, at the L.A. Times that in Southern L.A. there are one thousand five hundred paranormal groups. That's just in L.A. When we look at the nationwide number of groups that are out there, there's a staggering amount of people. Why do you think? Investigating the paranormal is so popular these days. It's become like a little cult.
2: It pretty much has been. I mean, with the advent of a lot of the TV shows, a lot of them are armchair investigators. Um, you know, I've watched the, the TV shows, you know, being all on one, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of like commonplace, in other words, but. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, of a critique, okay, uh, where you like to look at where they go to uh, these these different historical locations and that. But th- with the, the many of these these groups, are they truly serious? I mean, do they have a diverse background as far as having people who are in in the technology or in the research, or and how much are they dedicating to work towards that? How many are out there looking at trying to? better themselves. Are they, are they trying to work the better the field? How Jim, stand better? by.
1: We've got to take our final break. Jim Jones is our guest. www.prismd.net We'll be back wrapping up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Earth is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations. Yet viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself? finding safe passage through challenging times. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with Great News, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. All around the Riddledy Run with a rim dim ditty and a rum dum. Sailing away at the break of dawn, they are the ghosts of a See them all in sad repair, demons dance everywhere, southern gales, tattered sails, and none to tell a tale.
0: Come on, of you.
1: And welcome back. This is The x I am Rob McConnell. My guest this hour is the founder and chief investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland, Jim Jones. Their website is www.prismd.net. Uh, first of all, Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show here. It's great talking to you, and um, your, your experience as a police officer, your love for history, and... Um, your keen interest in the paranormal, in my opinion, make a person who should who is a bona fide paranormal investigator. But how do we how do we how do we bring everything into into focus when there are so many hobbyists out there who could actually do more harm than good when it comes to paranormal they investigating, have.
2: yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Uh, we've actually had to go in there and take care of business here in Baltimore. It was the eastern um, uh, Baltimore County, which we had to work a case where a team that went in there, and they um, didn't turn their so-called evidence over to the, to the client, uh, went in and actually did more harm than good on um, stirring things up and actually created more problems than what it was. Hmm. Um, they didn't do the background. They didn't do... Um, um, didn't do the research into the property and they didn't take into consideration of the other factors with with high traffic and things of that nature and um, we proved that the the house wasn't haunted which put the mind at ease for for the client but they had been a caregiver for their mother and their mother died in the house and still had the the hospital bed in there and um, they brought in people who said that they were that they were clairvoyants and Trying to play play it off that, that that there was different things that was going on, and when, when we went we got over there and we had we actually had a structural engineer on our on our team,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he he brought over his equipment which he uses that, that uh, we have sound meters and we had and uh, also uh, thermal devices and everything the whole gambit which I can I can name off but we don't have that much time to do it, but um, we set up and we actually. Uh, did recreations of when when there was when there was times when, when these heavy trucks would drive down past the house mm-hmm. and how it would shake the foundation. Also behind it was a car wash and at certain times were because of someone being that close with a vacuum, that vacuum would, would would shake the windows and things of that nature. And um, it put we kind of put the the client at ease. But you have this throughout the entire entire realm. I mean, in Gettysburg for instance We went in, there was a couple that was really uh, teachers from from Baltimore County, and they went to work for York County Schools up in Mm Gettysburg. I'm uh, I'm sorry, in Adams County uh, Schools up in Gettysburg. And they were restoring, redoing a house, and of course they found, uh, the the whole town was the the battle. So they found uh, buttons and buckles and, and things of nature in their backyard when they were pouring their patio. So they redone their floors, and they had some activity that was up there. And when the wife went to the grocery store, there was advertisement on one of the one of the poster board that there was a group that would come out there. You contact them; and they would do an investigation. Well, they didn't want them at the house when they did the investigation, so they said, "Well, here's our cell phone number. You call us; uh, we'll call you when when we're done." So the next day, once the investigation was concluded, they left. Instead of using painters tape or a non-sticky tape, when they put that for the cables they used duct tape on their firstly oh, redone no. floors. And so, they, so the lady had a shadow box which had all the different, like, the uh, the buckles and buttons and the bullets that was in there. Mm-hmm. Well, she saw that the, 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 the shadow box was off-kilter. Well, in there, one of the buttons and one of the buckles was actually missing out of it, and they rearranged it within that. So they kind of called that number back, where the number was actually disconnected. So you have people who actually pose as paranormal investigators anybody can create a, a free website uh, they can they can take photos from other other groups and meld mm-hmm. it as their own they can do it with a Facebook page and things of that nature um, with too many out there there's there are too, far too many groups that came out after the event of TV shows and I, I give Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson a, a kudos for, for bringing that to the forefront but also it's done more damage than, than it's done good. Because you know, when, when all the TV cameras mm-hmm. and the TV crews that go back to Hollywood and New York, the real investigators are still going to be there, we're still going to do the investigations. and um, also we we uh, we do criminal background investigations on all of our all of our members. I don't have anybody on my team that I cannot trust just like when you're in law enforcement, you mm-hmm. have to rely on your partner. Exactly. that's why I deal with this team here.
1: why in your so, why why in your opinion, Jim? is the sharing of evidence not done within the paranormal community or the sharing of information nothing is shared everybody holds on to what they what they have whereas in the UFO community the mutual UFO network has an online database for members as well as people to file reports how come the paranormal community is is, is so different than uh, so different or is it that they each group wants to hold on to the evidence they have because they want their own little fame and fortune.
2: One word I can describe that and that's greed. Okay. And so, um, they're, they're basically with a lot of is They're looking for, for notoriety. Like with us, we put it out there. We have non-disclosure agreements we signed with, with the client mm-hmm. and they can release it if they want, if they want to on it on their Facebook or wherever it is like that, well, unless they give us a per- permission to put that out there, then it, it stays within the team and then also what we do for our training. Mm-hmm. But there's also, where if people have contacted us, if they've been contacted by the same people we've done the investigations for, we'll gladly help them, you know, we'll turn over what we have. We actually share information, and we, and we share photographs of, of, of a lot of our investigations and, and what we've captured. Uh, it's, it's through all that and through the the networking and the unity that, that, that this field has as the, the possibility of doing when you have mm-hmm. serious investigators that could do something like this, we can actually bring something to the forefront and actually make this into a true test um, a science that people will will actually recognize and, and not seen as, as a, uh, a snake oil type of deal that, that's being seen now. That's running run around with, with, with uh, kindergartners, with uh, mm-hmm. Fisher-Price, Let me ask you you this.
1: Our time time is uh, wrapping up rather quickly here. With all the investigators that are throughout the United States, Canada, and around the world, with all the new technology, uh all the audio equipment, all the video technology, how come proof positive has yet to be discovered? How come the smoking gun hasn't been brought forth?
2: It's probably a stroke of luck, I guess. The best way I can describe it. I mean, you have to be there at the right time, uh, and you have to. It has to be the right circumstances. Okay, I now, mean, now, wait. Let, oh. All right, let,
1: let, let's just hold on to that for a second because you're you're a sheriff. I'm an ex-cop mm-hmm. in the United States. You guys use NCIC, right? That's correct. Up here in Canada, we use CPIC. We exchange mm-hmm. the information, even though the cop isn't at the scene of the crime, based on the investigation. And the uh, evidence that is collected and the sharing of the information, the crime is eventually solved. I can't understand why with uh, what was the latest uh, figure for every one cop, there are 22 paranormal investigators, why the evidence hasn't been found yet. It doesn't make sense unless there is no evidence to bring forward
2: or that a lot of stuff that they they claim is evidence isn't evidence at all right I mean you know you, can't, you say that dust is is paranormal there are people who say that orbs are not paranormal or that, that are paranormal yeah. i mean it's 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 a person's uh, perspective i guess in 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 other words but it's a shame that we we really need to to really um find a way in order to make something working where we we actually try to streamline this because with all these different theories and all these different investigative techniques, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're kind of stepping on each other's toes and and we're kind of working against one another. But I think if if we were truly tied together, we'd be working for the common goal. And I'm hoping that one day we will get to do that.
1: And I would imagine that if there was one standard for the training of investigators so that you'd all be on the same page like law enforcement is, that that would also help as well.
2: I would say that, yes, it is. I mean, I think if they would actually adopt a lot of the, uh, which I know there are, there are quite a number of police and sheriffs and constables mm-hmm. who are out there who that that are in the paranormal on the side. I, I believe that if we were to bring forth and actually set something up and and actually streamline a lot of this, you would pick people from the, from the chat and actually start getting into. Uh, trying to find out what what does go up on the night and actually have something there to
1: prove it. Jim, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and I hope I have the pleasure of talking to you again. But if I don't, before the Christmas season, to you and yours and the members of your team, a very Merry Christmas and a safe and prosperous new year.
2: Well, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all of you up there. And and, and who are you going to go with, uh, Stampeders or Argonauts?
1: Uh, (laughs) Stampeders. (laughs)
2: <laughs> go Calgary, go. I'm an old stallion myself. So. <laughs> but hey, yeah, we'll go. Yeah, uh, horses, horses of the hair, stay together. That's yeah. what we do. I, I'll be with the state of still.
1: One more thing, my friend. Thank you for your service. And uh, please be safe out there.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on, and and take care, everybody. Stay
1: safe. We will. Thanks, Jim. Jim Jones, the Chief Investigator of the Paranormal Research and Investigation Society of Maryland, and their website is prismd.net. I'll be back after the news. Don't go away.